What's up guys, Rick here, and this is the very first episode of 300 Yards to Unknown. It is my newly rebranded podcast which talks about all things golf, or at least we start there and where we end up, who knows. But uh, this is just a rebrand, so if you're already subscribed to the previous DFS On Demand podcasting feed, you will continue to get these episodes along with the fantasy previews, the one and done, the betting, everything else that normally comes through. But uh, this is an opportunity to expand a little bit more into the world of golf. Uh, if you're not subscribed, this is available wherever you can get podcasts, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, just search 300 yards to unknown or search Rick run good. That will probably get you there as well. But in this episode, I'm bringing on Eric Patterson, my buddy, to talk about all the latest in golf news. For example, Tiger versus Phil ratings were just released. They're big, but do they matter? Also, the Ryder Cup and the impact to the European Tour if the Ryder Cup is postponed and how that could be financially detrimental. And finally, if the PGA Tour is super corny about the way that they allow and don't allow things to get out on social media. So uh, sit back. I hope you enjoy. All right, let's bring him in uh, from The Score at EPatGolf on Twitter. It's Eric Patterson. What up, dude? How's it going, Rick? Happy to be here. Um, might be the inaugural podcast viewers. Congrats on the new podcast rebrand and all that. And happy to be here. Yeah, thank you. So this is the official first episode, 300 Yards to Unknown, the rebranded pod. Uh, yeah, I'm glad that you're the first guest, man. This is, this is great. Yeah, hopefully I set the bar high for future guests. And and I uh, get the invite back. We'll see. There you go. Uh, definitely still working through some things. I'm, I'm learning a lot about like OBS and like this software stuff. So uh, if there's any any glitches, uh, give me give me a couple of days. I'll, I'll figure it all out as we go. But that's to be expected, I assume. Yeah, no, I, I as soon as I started doing these video things and more podcasts, I've learned way more about the, you know, the media world than I ever thought I would. I've got a new setup here, a little more natural light. So uh, hopefully I got a better bit of a better glow to me today. But we're all yeah, learning. Man. You're looking good. You're looking good. Um, before we jump into anything, I, I was just reading about this. And since you are our native Canadian, I assume you know everything about the NHL. Um, have you seen what they're doing here with this playoff thing they're, they're going to try to do? Yeah, I saw that they're expanding it to 24 teams, try to find some hub cities, um, kind of create kind of a bubble, what like the PGA Tour is doing. It's obviously a little more difficult with multiple teams and a lot more bodies in a tight space but yeah they're they're getting creative they're trying to come back i saw that training camp's not going to start until july so so still a ways away yeah okay that's what i was thinking we've got to be pretty far away from this and the logistics of expanding from 16 teams to 24 and then trying to do i they're just gonna do a regular i guess there's gonna be like playing games and stuff i don't know how it's gonna look but this seems uh i don't know optimistic might be the right word for it yeah, they're trying to, you know, the NBA's kind of treading lightly. They're not committing to anything yet either. But the NBA or the NHL, sorry, they're expanding. They already have a lot of playoff teams making it. And now they're going to 24. So I don't know. We'll, we'll see how that goes. I'm just excited. You know, golf being an individual sport, it's a lot easier to control. Uh, we get two weeks. We're two weeks away. I can't, can't believe, believe it. 
It okay. So we we stopped what the first week of March. So we played one round at the player. So it's been like, oh my God, has it been ten like ten weeks? Eleven. It's weeks? been a long time. I've been doing this countdown series on the score for fifty days, and it seems like yesterday I started it. But you know, we're at day fifteen now. So tomorrow's a, I guess Thursday's a, a two weeks until the, the first balls are in the air. So it's exciting. Wow. How are you going to feel at like? Where are they going to be? They're going to be at Colonial. So at like 6.55 Eastern or whatever, when that first ball goes off, like describe how you're going to feel about that. That, you know, that uh, it's going to be Christmas morning. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I won't be able to sleep at night, wake up, balls are in the air. Yeah, the first PGA Tour live stream, I'll be, I'll be glued to it. It's going to be something to see, and I'm sure I won't be alone in that. Um, everyone's kind of looking forward to it, so. Yeah, it's going to be crazy. It's going to be I feel like it's going to be relief, honestly. I and and I understand the way that we are we are tre- trending here is obviously golf is coming back, but I still think there's part of me that's like scared that something's going to happen in the next 2 weeks to to derail this. So I I feel like I'll just be relieved on Thursday. Yeah, that's one way to look at it. Um it's it's been nothing but positive news so far. So I unless there's some kind of major hiccup, um I don't see how it doesn't transpire it seems like they have enough guys stateside at least to get the event up and uh, up and going their testing's all figured out um they just sent out a memo actually to tell the 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 players where they should be staying how they should be eating kind of how they should be traveling so there's they've thought about it all and uh yeah i i just really don't envision and maybe this is me being optimistic i can't see colonial being canceled at this point in time yeah, I, I think we're Knock all. On wood. Yeah, I think I think we're good as well. Um, I'll be I'll be interested to see. I mean, there's plenty of guidelines, and we you know we talk to Mark Gimmelman a lot on the CBS Sports Pod, and he tells us about what the media is going through and the self testing and all that stuff. And like, I'll just be interested to see if these guys do it. You know what I mean? Like, there's there's you can only give so many recommendations. You can only say here's how you should be eating, here's how you should be staying. I, I, I'm I don't know. Like, do we expect these guys to follow the rules? I hope so. I'm. Yeah, you. These guys are going to be under the microscope. They know that, um, yeah. but then you can't really change the person that they are if they haven't been treating this thing as serious as other people, or they just, you know, they want to shake hands, or they're going to be touching the flag sticks. Like you can't really control it, but it's going to be definitely interesting. Like I was just thinking from a news perspective, the first event back is way. It's there's so much more to it than just the results of the tournament. There's going to be underlying stories, you know, the testing complications, who could travel, who couldn't. Um, I believe that the tests are going to be, you know, they're going to be confidential. So if there are withdrawals, you know, you know, you can easily (laughs) speculate what it was about, but I'm I'm sure those names will get leaked or someone's going to just come out and say, yeah, you know, I tested positive or whatever it might be, but there's just so much more going on. Um, when when colonial rolls around compared to a typical week there will be wild speculation about oh this this second round wd was that covid related was that really a wrist injury like the guy cited that's like when dj took that time off right and it was like oh he was suspended or whatever there's just gonna be rampant speculation um about that but you're right i think there's a huge there's a huge responsibility for the tour to get this right right like they should be leading by example in two weeks for other sports and other entities to get back to normal. Yeah. There, there's a lot of pressure on them, but I also think that the last, you know, the last two events that we got 
um, the, the driving relief with Rory and Dustin. And then last week, um, Tiger and Phil and those guys, they set an example. I mean, there's some people who are still a little, you know, wanted to raise their fist that the Tiger was touching the flag stick or they weren't six feet apart at all times. Um, but at the same time, I still think that they displayed that golf can be played reasonably, like, you know, safe. You know, these guys can stay apart, not, not too big of a deal. So, um, yeah, I think golf's in a, definitely under the microscope and people will be looking at them to kind of set an example for other sports or other individual sports, whatever, you know, tennis could be a thing. I'm not sure, but, um, definitely a lot of eyeballs on them when, when play gets back. Let's talk a little bit about tiger versus Phil. Um, we're a couple days out. I think universally this was a great event, right? I mean, there was little, there was little backlash. Yeah. You, you mentioned it a couple, a couple tweets here and there about whether it was social distancing or whatever, but like the event in itself, uh, pretty universally well-received. I don't think you could have drawn it up any better than the way it went, to be honest, which is, you know, there's a good way to look at that and a bad way to look at that because it set the bar so high for future events. But for this one, I mean, Phil, Phil said it today. He was on, I believe the Dan Patrick show. He just said, I don't know if we got lucky or just kind of everything, everything kind of came together at the right time. Even the weather that looked like it was going to be a disaster kind of added another level of excitement or challenge for these guys that are out there battling, you know, Tom Brady, these guys aren't playing. They're not going out in torrential downpours regularly to to tee it up. So that's just another element that we got to see. And I think um, from start to finish, I, I was entertained personally. I know I watched it with my fiance and she was at the edge of her seat when, when Brady holed out and ripping his (laughs) pants and, you know, chunking it around the place. So it was, it had everything. Obviously, Brady stole the show, but Mickelson was great. I think I thought everyone was fantastic. It was, uh, yeah, it was definitely entertaining and much needed. Yeah, it was. It was pretty awesome and, and certainly captivating to the tune of 5.8 million viewers, Eric, which is the most watched golf telecast on cable television ever. Uh, so I guess what I've been trying to do in the day or so since those numbers came out is I'm trying to decide if this matters. Um, and I don't know really where I stand on this. Is this is this a product of quarantine? Is it a product of no other sports? Is it a product of Tiger Woods? A combination of all of those? Like, is this going to matter in a few months when all sports are back? I mean, matter is, you know, what are the long-term implications? It's so hard to to say, I think there's definitely more people watching it than that wouldn't have been. Obviously, if other sports were going on, it definitely benefited from being the only thing on TV. Um, but I think, yeah, at the same time, it's it was still entertaining. You know, Brady and Manning brought in new viewers. Yeah. Um, I think it's kind of showed how entertaining golf can be if it's not a 72 hole tournament. Um, if there are more of these in the future, there's going to be people are going to kind of want to see again, what happens and, you know, is there going to be some superstar athlete kind of making a fool of himself again? And, um, I just, I, I think it's, it's nothing but a positive that 5.8 million people tuned in to watch it. I don't like, I don't see the downside in that. Um, if that carries forward into, you know, the regular PGA tour, who knows, but for, I mean, colonial is going to have a lot of people watching it. But yeah, like you said, when other events start, when other sports, sorry, come back, it's going to be, 
I think we'll just kind of level back out to what it's always been. Yeah, I wonder if um, obviously there was more than just golf fans watching this. There were sports fans. There was people adjacent, maybe when you know to get to a number that big, which I think was basically uh, like eight hundred thousand off of the final round of the U.S. Open last year, or something like that. Um, And obviously, network and cable television are are two different things. So this is a pretty massive number for for a cable network for golf. Um, If if a lot of those casual sports fans will follow the PGA tour or they'll just want to be a part of these one-off fun things. Right. And, and you kind of mentioned it. Is this going to be a yearly thing where four guys get out there and maybe we cross over with other sports? So like what, like where do we go from here in terms of these one-off events? Is it just yearly and it has to include a Phil or a tiger or a Rory. And then we cross over with other sports. Like where, what's next? Yeah, they can go a number of different directions. I obviously everyone wants to see Michael Jordan tee it up. I think (laughs) that's a huge ask, a huge get Mickelson just came out today saying that that's kind of what he envisions for it. Um, in the hopes that it does become an annual event is going to get MJ. He mentioned Steph Curry, Patrick Mahomes, Tony Romo. Those are some obvious guys because they are, you know, really, really good at golf. Um, for a for a non golfer, um, but I again, I don't want. I kind of I don't know. It's hard. there's two ways to look at it. You can either go, you know, superstar again and really continue to set the bar higher and higher, but then you're just going to run out of guys. You're not. You can't keep drawing bigger and bigger. Um, if they go back with inside the PGA Tour, you could bring a couple of different guys, but then you lose that audience of maybe a non golf fan. If you bring in Justin Thomas and I don't know, John Rom, someone like that two yeah. couple young guys. Um, I just think that that would be a more golf specific crowd. So it's a tight, tight kind of balancing act. How far do you want to extend it and not overextend yourself? So you can't just keep, you can't set the bar extremely high, kind of go all in on the next one. And then you have nothing left to sell them on. That's what kind of stinks is like JT's awesome. John Rahm's awesome, but like they don't necessarily break through the golf bubble. Like they're awesome here for us in our world, but like my mom has no idea who either of them are. Right. But she knows who Tiger Woods is. She's at least heard of Phil Mickelson. So there is a very interesting dynamic to like, I I do think, yeah, the Tony Romo's of the world, the Steph Curry's of the world, Patrick Mahomes, Michael Jordan, no way they could ever get Michael Jordan to do this, right? Because like the the like if he loses, I don't know. The guy is so concerned about the legacy, and like I don't know if he's getting out of bed just to be a part of some I don't know television thing that's going on. And and in case he loses, like I, there's no way they get MJ to do one of these. Yeah, things. he's there's like stories of him turning down like multiple like what hundreds of millions of dollars for appearances. So it's he doesn't need. He doesn't need any kind of lose-lose situation where he goes out and embarrasses himself or something. Like, there's just there's not a lot in it for him. But um, yeah, the other guys, it's again, like you said, there's a very golf-specific crowd. Maybe you bring in JT Rom and you go three or four, a few groups. I'm not sure how you'd manage that with yeah. like a couple comedians. I think again, Mickelson mentioned Larry David, which would kind of be cool. That would be um, unbelievable, by the way. I yeah, would, uh, would camp outside wherever they play to like. That would be the most fun thing. Ever. Mike up Larry David in a money match. Come on, dude! Like that's it. I I need that. Yeah, you could dive into like the entertainment world too. Like Justin Timberlake, I know he's a pretty solid golfer. Um, Mark Wahlberg, he's 
he's played golf in Entourage, I believe yeah. he was who's in. The country, so like, who's the country singer that's always like at the pro am? Oh yeah, um, uh, Jake, Jake Owen. Owen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's so, like you could I, do I like that, that, but but it's just like that's very sport. That's kind of sports adjacent. You're going. You're gonna. I don't know how many sports fans really care to see Justin Timberlake play, but um, it's a different avenue they can go. Um, I like that. I also like, so in, in, you have an article up on the score right now that mentions, you know, Michael Jordan recently opened this new golf club in Florida and that Phil Mickelson is in the process of joining it, which is like, could you imagine like you're Phil Mickelson? Like what is the process for him? Shouldn't he be just be able to be like, Hey, I'm Phil Mickelson. Here's however much money you need. The process is now over. Like I'm a member here. <laughs> Isn't I, that kind of crazy? I think that might've been the process. Like he just sent <laughs> one email and he's just hasn't heard back. And that's kind of in the process. I assume that he is a lock to be a member there. Um, he has to relocate to Florida, obviously, but yeah, the process can't be too long for Mickelson. Just one quick email to a few members he knows and he's in. When do you think the last time that Phil or Tiger or any of these guys have paid to play golf? Uh, Tiger probably hasn't paid to play golf since he was, I don't know, 12 years old, yeah. 10 years old. Seriously. <laughs> and like whatever an appearance fee at one of those junior tournaments was, is probably the, uh, the last time he ever had to pay. Yeah. The, the $75 entry fee or whatever yeah. to get in. Wow. It yeah. It's crazy. Cause there was that story that was like, uh, I guess John Rom played a couple weeks ago. And the guy in the clubhouse didn't believe it was him and charged him or whatever. And he was like, and then it came out later, like, no, you actually charged John Rom to play here. But he was like, there a good you go. sport about it. But I'm sure he doesn't play pay for golf often. Yeah, well, kind of back to what we were saying, Rom, not the most recognizable <laughs> figure. That's a definitely a down, like a problem that the PGA Tour has. He's the number two ranked player in the world, and very, I would say, very recognizable. He, you know, he walks into a pro shop, someone should know exactly who he is. That's kind of a a bad look right there. Yeah. A um, couple other things in the world of golf. There has been, so for whatever reason, as golf returns, Eric, people are generally like, okay, first four events and then maybe some no fans. We all kind of are, are bracing ourselves for that, but there's been pushback about the Ryder Cup. And it seems like for, I'll, I'll withstand my opinion on this for a second, that like, Guys don't want to play the Ryder Cup without fans, and Rory McIlroy has been pretty vocal about pushing that. So I, I want to take your temperature on this. Um, Rory, for good or for bad, and in almost entirely for good, his voice carries a lot of weight. And, and I think that if he's championing this, uh, championing this idea of pushing the Ryder Cup until there are fans, I think that's what we're going to see. Yeah, he said uh, yesterday that if the fan, or if the players don't want to play without fans, then it's probably not going to happen, which makes a lot of sense. But at the same time, um, the European Tour, I believe they are extremely heavily invested in the Ryder Cup, and they need it yes. to happen every four years on home soil yes. because that's pretty much how they budget their entire, I guess they budget a four-year window with yep. that Ryder Cup coming to them every four years. So. If it isn't in Italy in 2022, that's my math, um, they are going to be hitting the panic button because they rely on that revenue from the hosting a Ryder Cup every four years. And, you know, McElroy, when he came out and said he had quotes about this about a month ago, he, he said he understood that the European tour relies on it. Um, so it's kind of it's weird for him to hammer home the point again to to push it back yeah. to postpone it when he's he's clearly aware but again he's not a 
uh, he's not a full-time European tour player anymore, kind of become Americanized, but there, uh, yeah, there are some serious financial implications. There's a lot of layers to this that I don't necessarily understand why they're happening. So, so you, what you described is exactly the way that I understand it, which is the European tour creates four year budgets and every year that there is not a Ryder cup, uh, and specifically on home soil, they lose money. So for them to go in a four-year stretch uh, where they did not receive that Ryder Cup influx of cash is a problem. Like they, like it's very expensive to run a a literally European tour, a global tour, uh, and everything that goes into it. So that's that's kind of part one. And I think it's weird that Rory, who like. I don't know how to like he's very woke like I like I think he like he has a lot of great opinions on a lot of tough complex things that go on in the world and he was like groomed kind of on the European tour like I, I don't under I think like this opinion for him doesn't align for me right like he should know how important this is and he should know how much his voice carries and I hate like I am a huge Rory stan like he can say no wrong but I think he's I think he screwed this up yeah he's Definitely leading the charge. I mean, Kepka's come out and say it as well. It'd be interesting to get like uh, Sergio Garcia's take or yeah. um, Rom. I guess he's he still plays a ton on the European tour. Um, see what they have to say about it. But it, it's I don't. I'm so so glad I'll never be in the position to make the decision that those guys <laughs> have to make. Um, yeah. It's it's a lose lose. I would say I personally don't want to see a Ryder Cup without fans, and I'm. Not, I'm not American nor European, so I just want to see atmosphere. I want to see the crowd at the first tee, those highlights you all see when, you know, Rory and, and Reed are shushing the crowd. So it's, it is the the fans are there, and they're in congregated groups. So you can't really, you can't kind of ha- do half the size and have spaced out crowds either. You need them, you know, packed in there like a stadium too. So it's. It's extremely tough, and I I think it's going to get postponed, and the European Tour is going to find a way. Either someone's going to subsidize their extra year or whatever it might be. Maybe we see more tournaments in the Middle East because <laughs> that's where all the money is on the European Tour. But uh, I think it's going to get postponed, and I think the European Tour is going to have to figure out a way to save some money, cut cut uh, purses, whatever it might be, to kind of stay afloat for that extra year that the Ryder Cup's not coming back. I think I agree with you. Yeah, the European tour just bend the knee to the to the Saudis. Um, it, it's it's like I, I'm actually legitimately torn on this, um, which doesn't happen often. I I generally think that for the betterment of the tour, if it really is that dire, and I I don't have the books, I can't, I don't know what their financials are, but like if it is truly pretty, you know, a dire situation, I think you bite the bullet and play the Ryder Cup without fans for one year. It'll be weird. It'll be whatever but like it's only going to happen one time presumably right in in the next time we have the Ryder cup and every other time we have the Ryder cup we're never going to have to talk about this so yeah it might be weird one time but like if that is for the long-term better better betterment of the european tour i feel like these guys should be doing it but i i I don't know man i I think you're right eric i don't think it's gonna i it's not gonna be played without fans i don't think so yeah and there's honestly forget the player that brought this up. It might've been McElroy. Um, he said that if you do delay the Ryder cup this year, that you give Italy, which was kind of hit pretty hard by the coronavirus, you give them an extra year to kind of recover. Yeah. Um, instead of, you know, maybe in 2022, I have no idea, but <laughs> Italy could 
have a second wave or there could be another outbreak or they could still have restricted, you know, fan size, crowd size. So you never really know um, what the world's going to look like in two years. So at least if you postpone it, you do give Italy another, I guess you could always relocate, but the, th the thought is that you give Italy another year to kind of recover and figure out the safest way to host some events of these size. Yeah. And we certainly, yeah, that that's the, the other thing is like, we don't even know what the world's going to look like three weeks from now, let alone six months yeah. or 18 months or whatever it might be. Um, one other thing before we put a bow on this EPAT, and this is something that uh, you had tweeted out. It's something that certainly caught my uh -oh. attention, <laughs> but like, I don't know if people understand this and I don't know if I understand this enough, Eric. Okay. So here, here let me describe what happened. It's Tiger versus Phil. Uh, Phil wants to do a long drive contest, <laughs> right? And basically Tiger says, I can't compete with you. You, you know, oh, you hit it further than I do. And Phil is trying to kind of bait him into this. And he says, I'm almost 50. He says, I'll be, and I'm choosing my words very carefully here, Eric. I'll be champions tour eligible in three weeks. Okay. That is exactly what came out of his mouth. The official PGA tour social feeds when they close caption these videos, like they always do, change that quote to say, I'll be PGA Tour champions eligible in three weeks. Which, okay, this, like, no one might care about this, but the fact that the tour cares enough to add in the branding of PGA Tour champions in this way is, like, super corny and made it, like, we now I'm now I'm off put by this. You know, I'm put off by the fact that they did this where if they just left it alone, I would have known exactly what was going on. Yeah, it's it's like they're I don't want to say pathetic, but they're like very <laughs> like insecure about the way their yeah. brand is and they had to put it in all caps too, like you're you see yep. and it just it's so odd. We knew exactly what he was talking about. We know that the PGA Tour runs the Champions Tour. We understand all this. It's not like someone, I don't know. I don't get it. I And they, they jam it down your throats time and time again sometimes. So it's like, it's, yeah, it's just weird. It's so, I can't personally understand why they would go, go through the trouble of uh, changing it. We understand that you guys run the P Champions Tour. We don't need to see big capital PGA Tour letters in front of it. it it's just like an insecurity that they want to own their own brands that much or make it aware that they run all these tours. Like we get it. We understand. Hashtag for the brand. I mean, they, they are absolutely loyal to the brand, but it's just like someone made that decision, right? Like someone who's literally going through and changing this is like, Oh, I'm just going to add PGA tour here. And that probably comes from their, like, I mean, this is, I mean, we know this too. Like you write a bunch of articles, you know, to capitalize tour, you know, that, what whatever tournaments are you don't do it you don't capitalize no well, i give pga capital the capital t but i leave the uh, our and oh man lowercase that's You're just get a phone call. i gotta i gotta resist somehow they they know I, I i don't know i'm not going full caps i i think i give uh i'm trying to think what i give full cap treatment to i think i give the zozo full caps treatment but okay. i what about have to go the back players? and double check players uh no caps. no no all caps on the players wow you are you We're are resisting rebel, the all -caps my friend movement. i know <laughs> uh but i mean the tour is like they're kind of known for this stuff right like and and i don't i've never had this done but from my understanding like if you're at a live event and you like tweet out a video of something that just happened 
you might get a DM that's like, hey, take this down, right? Like they're super protective of it. There's yeah, they're overprotective and they're not willing to let people kind of share the content that they see in an event, which I think is bonehead. We saw it when we were down in Torrey Pines together that you put up a video and you'll get a DM pretty yeah. quickly to tell you to take it down. You don't own this, but you're obviously just trying to promote their product. Um, you can yes. tweet that you're at the event. You can you can put pictures up, but not not any like recent video, which I mean, you're all, all you're doing is sharing it to people who want to see that, you know, if they follow you, they probably into the PGA tour and maybe you're giving them a different perspective or point of view. Like, Hey, look what you can see. If you come to a PGA tour event, I don't understand. You know, if you're filming your guys shot, that's a few feet away from you, you're selling them on the experience. Um, you might make someone want to travel to go to see a PGA tour event because you can't just, you can't get that experience at home. So I don't get it. I never, uh, I, you know, we see other leagues who are willing to kind of share their content freely, um, Excel, uh, mainly the NBA. The so NBA, it's, yeah. uh, it's just something that one day the PGA tour is going to realize is how they grow their brand authentically through fans and not through capitalizing PGA tour and editing <laughs> closed captions. I will never understand it. You're right. Like, okay. I'm no marketing guru, but Neither am I. I would think that people saying and showcasing your product for you would be encouraged. It is why when Steph Curry crosses somebody over and hits a three, it has gone viral to millions of people two minutes later. That is good for the game. Um, this is not, quite frankly, this is not good for the game to kind of put a muzzle on everybody. And fingers crossed that uh, they figure this out sooner rather than later. I mean, with their new TV deal, I wouldn't expect uh any more freedom for sharing content because a lot of companies paid a lot of money for the having the exclusive rights so uh i don't anticipate it happening anytime soon but one day one day they'll all learn all right maybe in 2030 we will be excited about sharing clips <laughs> from events Twitter will be gone by then <laughs> don't have anywhere to share yeah probably true uh eric Really appreciate uh, the time as always today. Uh, are you writing anything for for the score right now? Should we look out for anything? What's what's going on? Just everything, anything news related. <laughs> I'm on top of. Um, I just always encourage you to download the score app. I don't know why you wouldn't, but um, the, yeah, nothing nothing specific. Counting down the days. We're at day number fourteen is coming out uh, tomorrow, so two weeks until the PGA Tour is back, and I'm really really looking forward to it. Love it. Uh, follow Eric on Twitter at epatgoff. You can hit me up at Rick Rungood. This has been the first official episode of 300 Yards to Unknown. We'll catch you next time.